What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Ding dong. Thursday. That means it's time for Broadcast of the Boys. We're here in the Blogging the Boys Network. Roy's holding back a smile right now because he's probably about to make fun of me for my ding dong open. I don't know. Did we just show up at your house? <laughs> Did, you know? I don't know. Sometimes Are I... Are we young like... children in the neighborhood just letting cars know that we're <laughs> traveling along on our tricycle? I think it's ding dong. Cowboy season is here. It's It's crazy. We are... Basically a month away, a month and change away from the season kicking off. And we're still like two weeks away from them putting pads on. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, like they're it, not going to put pads on until I believe August 17th. Bro, do you realize that when this episode is released on Thursday, the Cowboys will have essentially been scheduled to play in the Hall of Fame game that night, the Cowboys and Steelers were supposed yeah, that's to be crazy. facing each other tonight, Thursday, yeah. Thursday night, to kick off the preseason. Cha-ching. That sound you hear is me losing money. <laughs> Why? Because you were going to bet that game? No, because I get paid per game. And <laughs> I'm, <laughs> don't worry. I'm not bitter, and I'm not going to bring this up basically every single week when I'm missing another preseason game. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. And I believe um, when you say that. But let me tell you, so, yeah, they, they were going to be playing a preseason game tonight, which is crazy. Uh, they haven't even put the pads on and still are weeks away from doing that. But, like, I think, like there's a lot. Every obviously, no, nobody's at an advantage there because nobody's you know. Well, we are. The Cowboys are because Dak Prescott, unbeknownst to many, built himself a full length football field in his backyard and has been working essentially with the entire offensive unit minus Blake Jarwin for the past several weeks. Right, so there should be no slowing down uh, for Team Forty Burger. Right. Why, why was it Blake Jarwin there? He's not in the inner circle yet. Did he not get the call? He didn't get and, the call. You know, I said He's the got entire COVID. I said the entire unit. I did not see anything specifically about Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard out there catching passes. So this may have been just a quarterback wide receiver type of deal. Either <laughs> no way, tight ends, no running backs. Either way, yeah, Blake Jarwin's in the area. He probably should have been invited. But I guess what I'm saying is. I feel like the first four weeks of the, the NFL season are going to basically be a preseason. And I don't know who's going to be at the advantage. Like, either offenses are going to be at advantage or defenses are going to be at advantage. Probably defenses. I'm willing to bet the defenses will be at an advantage early in the season. So you might see, like, low-scoring games, really ugly games. But, like, again, they're not going to put pads on until August 17th, and the season kicks off on September 13th. So, like, 
it, it, it's going to be a weird start to the season for the NFL. And yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that Dak story. It, it's great. Like that's fantastic. Um, it, it's like, he's already developed some familiarity with Gallup and Cooper CD, obviously not as much or any, so it's good to get, get out there and get reps, but it's, I'm just not, you know, I'm not going to believe that, oh man, now this is going to be the greatest offense ever because they, they're, 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 they're hooking up and getting together at Dak's homemade football field. I think this is going to be a great offense. I think it's going to have some growing pains at the start uh, because, you know, it, it's just a weird stunted off season. No, I, I think what you've pointed out and all the things you've pointed to are 100% correct. Defenses, by and large, they're going to call their defensive game plan and they're just going to have to react to the guys in front of them. It's the offensive guys that have to rely on timing that have to rely on knowing specifically where the other guy is going to be at a precise moment. And that has to kind of be instinctual in and of itself, but that instinct doesn't come um, from the same way a defensive player's instinct might come where he says, I'm just reading the player in front of me. I'm just reacting to his hips or his shoulders or his head or whatever he's doing Uh, offensively you have all of those things going on battling the defensive player you're going against. But then you also have the component that the other guy, the quarterback or in the quarterback's case, the wide receiver needs to be on the exact same page that you are. So yes, I agree. I think offenses are going to find themselves at a bit of a disadvantage early on, especially because they're not going to have an opportunity to get a lot of time together before we get serious about our football you hear that sounder you know what that means it's time to get into the nitty-gritty with the story that you and i have covered really throughout this entire off season so i'd I'd like to pat us on the back because of how great we are at our jobs and i'm not being facetious at all except for maybe a ton um but why no you take that last part back you are not being facetious facetious at all but it was just a little bit too much uh, blowhard that I, I I didn't really want to proceed with it without you know making a joke to knock us down a peg. But Randy Gregory, he he has spoken. Randy Gregory, and let me give you credit. I don't want to really take away credit from both of us as much as I want to give you credit for bringing up the weird Randy Gregory story that when Alden Smith was reinstated by the NFL, Roy, um, Randy Gregory was not. There were questions on whether or not you know, why was that the case? How could Alden Smith be reinstated without Randy Gregory being reinstated? And when it came to the sort of timeline that we were outlining, you specifically, um, it, it was weird that he had not been reinstated. So we have not heard from him since. It was weird still that he's not been reinstated. I mean, this was back in May, right? Or yeah, just to, well, just to recap it really quickly. It was actually in March. Alden March. Smith applied for reinstatement. We got the official word that Randy Gregory had also applied for reinstatement one week later than Alden Smith. So when Alden Smith was reinstated by the NFL, I looked into the CBA and found that Alden Smith was actually reinstated on the last possible day, according to the CBA in the agreement between the NFLPA and the commissioner's office and the NFL owners, he was reinstated on the last possible day according to the window that the commissioner has to make a decision on these types of reinstatement cases, again, according to the current CBA. Now, I don't know what has changed as a result of COVID changing everything, 
Now, understandably, it has changed a number of processes, yeah. but I didn't think that it would change something that was actually documented in the CBA, and it appears to have done so. Because not only Rand, was Randy Gregory not ruled on a week later than Alden Smith was reinstated, but we haven't heard anything since. Right. Radio silence. Um, until yesterday at about 2.55 p.m. when Randy Gregory tweets, I really miss playing football and being a player in the NFL. I'm doing everything that's asked of me, and I'm in great shape physically, mentally, and emotionally, but I'm being held back from furthering my career because of COVID and testing. I've been ready to play and test for months, but still haven't have gotten little to no help to resolve my reinstatement. I'm asking more questions than I'm getting answered. It's amazing that the powers that be can keep passing the buck and also using this pandemic as a way to prevent me from joining my team, telling me to just sit and wait in limbo over things I can't control all while doing everything right off the field. It's unfair and flat out wrong. I hate to say it, but truly the only thing I can come up with as a reason why is COVID that when Alden Smith applied in early March, before things got really bad relatively here in the United States, maybe they had enough time to make those types of decisions. And for some reason, in the process of Randy's reinstatement, when COVID happened, they decided we need to put this on the back burner and deal with the more pressing issues, which understandably, there are considerably more pressing issues than Randy Gregory specifically. But if I'm Randy Gregory, he has a right to feel pretty slighted by the entire process. It's just so ridiculous that Alden Smith can get reinstated and Randy Gregory not. And that's not a knock on Alden Smith as much as it is like, look at what they're both, like, look at what they've both done to get them into this position. I mean, Alden Smith has had multiple arrests, six driving while intoxicated charges. Uh, the the arrest at the airport, brandishing a weapon. I mean, it's it's Randy he Gregory's. He had arrests while being suspended from the NFL, so he had it, violations on top of violations that got him put out of the league. Whereas Randy Gregory, at least we don't know the exact specifics of of why. He was put on the long-term suspension list, but we assume that he failed another drug test. That's the extent of it. Right. Put anybody else in danger. It wasn't a violent crime. Right. It's failing drug tests. I mean, it's, it's really absurd when it just comes to logic and reason that it looks like we're in position now to where Alden Smith's going to play in 2020 and Randy Gregory is not like it's just, there's just no logic and reasoning behind it. I'm, I'm not, this isn't like Alden Smith shouldn't be playing. Like if Alden Smith's been reinstated, then my God, Randy Gregory should be reinstated. And it, it, like this due process by the NFL has failed one of its players uh, in, in this case again. Yeah. Yeah. And now I have more questions than answers because I mean, the only thing I can think of in light of what he said there is, what you said, which is he just got kind of caught in bad timing. It was just bad timing. But that's such a absurd like that can't be real, right? That like can't be. It can one hundred percent be real. Randy's telling you it's real. He's asking more questions than he is getting answers to. 
He's asking, what more can I do? I've done X, Y, and Z. You asked me to do X, Y, and Z. I've complied. Yeah. What more can I do? And they're not giving him the answer to that question. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Do you think he just, he ends up sitting this whole season because of it? Well, the clock's ticking. You know, now that we're actually finally, you would have thought if the NFL was going to even delay the decision that they would have at least made it before players started to get back together so that the Cowboys as an organization would have an understanding of where they stand at the position and where they stand with the player. All right. They've got to make, they've got to make roster decisions. They've got to make practice squad decisions. All of those things have to be done, and you would think the NFL, again, understanding dragging their heels with what's going on, but you would think they would have made some type of decision come to some type of resolution before players got back into the building, and here we are. So now that we're at that point, I don't have a whole lot of hope that the NFL is all of a sudden going to snap their fingers and say, yes, this is a pressing issue for us now. Let us deal with Randy Gregory. And then, oh, by the way, try to figure out how the hell we're going to continue to have a 2020 NFL season. I think these are kind of two separate issues, but, but certainly related to a certain degree. And that being like Randy Gregory should be reinstated again. That, that, like that's, this is absurd, especially relative to Eldon Smith. However, do the Cowboys need to do more to address that right defensive end position? Cause you kind of mentioned sort of the roster construction. And so at this point, it looks like Randy Gregory is not going to be part of this season. Now you have Alden Smith, Bradley and I, Dorrance Armstrong. So sort of independent of this absurd decision-making here by the NFL, the Cowboys have a luxury to where they've got guys available. And I actually just made a YouTube video on this at youtube.com forward slash Ari sports, but like Jadevian Clowney is available. Everson Griffin's available. Clay Matthews is available. Um, should they do more to bring in a veteran presence to help out the right defensive end? 
I mean, people keep asking this question, understandably, fans more than anybody pounding the table to say, yeah, they should be doing more. Why wouldn't they sign Jadavion Clowney or why wouldn't they sign Everson Griffin or at least make the call and find out what these guys want? I don't know if the Cowboys have or haven't done that, but now that we're at this point, it doesn't really matter if I want them to or not. Right. They haven't given us any indication that they're going to look in that direction. So to me, I don't is think the, the right, Cowboys, is that the right thing? Well, no, not in my mind because I'm a fan and I want them to throw money left and right. And I don't care about saving any money under the 2020 salary cap. If I feel like I have an opportunity to go in the Super Bowl, which I do. Right. However, the Cowboys, when it comes to thinking about the salary cap, probably do want to save some of their money on the 2020 cap because they can roll it over into 2021. And right now, based on the amount of money that the cap is going to decline in 2021, the Cowboys would be hard-pressed to re-sign Dak Prescott to what the franchise tag is going to be next season. They would already have to start moving some money around to be able to do that comfortably and pursue players in free agency in the upcoming offseason. So, yes, would I like them to sign a defensive end, another one perhaps, in, for this 2020 season to compete? Yeah, I would. But if it's going to potentially in any way cost me another year of Dak Prescott, I wouldn't. And I think that's what the Cowboys organization are finding themselves in the position of at this moment. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Fans uh, are going to like that, and right. understandably so. But it's a position that they put themselves in. You know, it's like, oh, we, we, we've got this all tied up in 2021. The cap's going down. So what are we going to do? It's like, well, I don't know if you know this, but you had many options prior to this. And perhaps it makes for a convenient excuse for them as it, well. It totally does. Make, make no mistake. Um, but I, I do think it becomes a more legitimate excuse than it would have been had this pandemic not occurred. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, interesting um, quotes here from Brown's tight end, Austin Hooper. And there's really no reason to talk about Austin Hooper unless, um, you know. Unless he unless, talks about us. Yeah, unless he talks about us, specifically Jason Witten. So Austin Hooper, um, you know, basically in an interview he did, talked about, you know, wanting to be a mentor to other tight ends in the room and specifically about David Njoku, the, the talented young tight end for the Cleveland Browns. He said, quote, my style, I've never really been a rah-rah guy at all. I just kind of like to lead by example. And if people have questions, I'll answer them. I'm an open book. I don't try to hoard information. I don't like the whole Jason Witten deal where it's me versus everyone else in the tight end room. I think it's more like we're in this together. David, Harrison, Harris Bryant, Stephen, Farrow, Nate, we're all in this together. I look at it as just like a big family in our room. We, have, we all have one common goal, and that's to win our reps However, someone does it a certain way that resonates with someone else's learning process better. I think just like any of the other workplace, it's better when it's collaborative and not combative. That's what I try to bring to the room and let everybody know that, yeah, I'm one of the older guys in this room, but I don't feel like I'm not approachable. I'm an open book. I want to see people do well, end quote. Interesting quotes there from Austin Hooper. Roy? 
Cowboys fans probably won't love it, um, but there is some truth to it. Now, whether or not Austin Hooper was specifically trying to say that Jason Witten is a bad teammate, I don't necessarily think he was trying to say that. I think the impression him and many other young players around the league may have gotten from Jason is that he's a guy who refused to give up his spot. And in that sense, I would agree. He is a guy who looks at the lineup card on Sunday and says, it is me against every other tight end in the room when it comes to playing time, when it comes to opportunities. And I think that's, that bore itself out a season ago when many people thought, Blake Jarwin, probably poised and ready to take over that role in a more considerable, you know, area. And yet Jason Witten, I believe, some believe, still kind of insisted that he was the guy and still insisted on being the guy that gets a lot of those reps. On the flip side of it, I witnessed times in Oxnard, California, during Cowboys training camp, where Jason Witten would take the entire group of tight ends aside and essentially serve as a second tight ends coach. Yeah. Coaching the guys up on technique, on hand placement, on feet placement, on how to create a little bit extra space against the defender. So in that sense, Jason Witten, to me, was a very good teammate. He uplifted guys on the practice field. So, yeah, I – it's, very, it's going to be easy for people to clip that Austin Hooper clip and get very offended by it. But I think there's truths on, on both sides. Jason Witten didn't want to give up his number one tight end role on the Dallas Cowboys, even after coming out of retirement and what you would think, maybe having an understanding that he wasn't the same Jason Witten he used to be. On the flip side, I witnessed him help teammates. So I will not sit here and disparage Jason Witten in any way as a teammate who was unwilling to share his knowledge and information with other teammates for fear that they might leapfrog him on the depth chart. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because a lot of times athletes will get upset with the media when there's a quote or there's a, you know, there's a report or whatever, and, and they'll say, you're not in the locker room, you don't know. You know, I mean, how often does that happen? This, you know, there's so much context that goes in everything that, like, any story like like this or like anything else, it's like you don't know. You weren't there. And athletes get mad at, at media members all the time for that, right? Yep. And here's an athlete doing that exact thing. You know, Jason Witten is only guilty of being a great competitor. That's it. Should Jason Witten apologize for wanting every single snap? No. M- maybe the coach who allowed him to play when maybe there, there should have been other players playing in, replace, in, in place of him, maybe it's his fault. You know, it, it's not Jason Witten's fault that he wants to compete and play in every play because that's what made Jason Witten great throughout the course of his career. And maybe it took a better coach who had the marbles to make the decision to bench Witten when he had to. You, you, you mentioned it. All the things that Hooper said he's going to do, Jason Witten did and does. Jason Witten was a great leader. You talk to Blake Jarwin, you talk to any tight end in that locker room, and they'll tell you just how much Jason Witten helped them over the course of their careers. And, and by how the much way, of a void it's going to be without Witten this year. And by the way, it's also worth mentioning, Jason Witten is coming back for another season in 2020, playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. 
He ain't going to be the number one tight end in that tight end room. Right. Darren Waller's coming off a thousand yard season and is only 25 or 26 years old and potentially ready to break out in that offense. Jason Witten won't be the number one guy there. Are you telling me that he's going to somehow have a problem with that? Mm. I don't necessarily think he will have a problem with that other than him being a professional and competing the way that he has always competed. Yep. Yep. So this is one of those situations where it's like Austin Hooper has completely misconstrued the situation. I, you know, I wouldn't say Witten's selfish. I wouldn't say he's not a good teammate or he's not a good leader. I, in fact, I would say it's the opposite. He's a great leader and a great teammate. And the only thing he's guilty of is being a, a competitor that wants to play every snap. And maybe he shouldn't have last season, but that's not his problem. That's not his fault. <laughs> yeah, you want to know what hurts Witten here perceptionally is that he's stiff as a board. If he was Rob Gronkowski, right, chugging totally. beers and high-fiving everybody, if he was Travis Kelsey having his own reality show, dating all the hot women he could possibly find, and generally acting a fool, if he was George Kittle, who has some personality to him as well over there in San Francisco, then maybe he wouldn't have gotten the target put on him by Austin Hooper. But, you know, I think Austin – in a little bit of a sense, was looking for the tight end who he could appropriate those comments to. And quite honestly, there's no one really that you could take a shot at in that respect that's that veteran, but also on the downslope of their career. If that Does that make any sense? Totally. Uh, he could not have gone after either of the top dogs in Kelsey or Kittle. He could not go after the all-time great in Rob Gronkowski coming back for another season off of an injury where he may be fantastic. And there aren't a lot of older tight end holdovers that you could point to outside of those guys that are consistently there at the position. Jason Witten perhaps made for a little bit of an easy target. Also being so prominently known because of Monday night football and not being well received in that role hurt him a little bit as well. I think all those things came into play when Austin Hooper. Well, and I think the Martellus Bennett thing is a part of this too, right? Because Marty B had those comments about Witten when, when he was in Dallas and that's a long time ago, but I do think that that creates a perception of Witten that, I mean, is there, I would say it's wrong. It's a, it's an incorrect perception, but, but a perception nonetheless, it, it was, yeah. I mean, Marty B's outspoken and, and, you know, I would look. consider the source there, and, and right, I right, love Marty. Right. I am a Marty B personality-wise. I'm as big of a Marty B fan as there right. is out there. But consider and the from, source. But from the standpoint of professionalism and right. doing what you need to do day in and day out for a football organization, I'll take Jason, the Jason Wittens of the world over the Marty Bs 100 times out of 100. And look, at the end of the day, Jason Witten's a Hall of Famer. Jason Witten's one of the greatest tight ends ever and, and one of the most memorable players in the history of a storied franchise in the Dallas Cowboys. Who the F is Austin Hooper? Well, a guy that did just make in one contract almost as much as Jason Witten has made in his entire career. Because he did just sign a $42 million deal. It's a smart move by a smart organization. <laughs> <laughs> That's up for debate. Yeah. But he had a hell of a year. 
You can't lock his year with the Atlanta Falcons last year. He was fantastic. Yeah, for sure. But Wynn's a Hall of Famer. Hooper's, Hooper's a good tight end. Um, and, and again, Hooper's guilty of the same thing that, that athletes hate, hate about the media and say that they don't know what they're talking about because they are in the locker room. It's like you're commenting on Witten in a locker room you've never been in. All right, that's the way. uh, Real quick, Austin Hooper, um, the $44 million, little over half of what Jason Witten has made in his career. So he's got a long way to go. I I undersold Jason quite a bit there. 77 career earnings for Jason. Wow. But still a lot of money for Austin Hooper. All right, that's Roy White on Twitter at RW3. Of course, make sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel, uh, RW3. Uh, I'm Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports, A-R-I Sports. And thanks for listening and checking this podcast out. Of course, thanks for subscribing to all the great podcasts here on the Blogging the Boys Network. And, of course, thanks for checking out bloggingtheboys.com, your foremost authority for everything Dallas Cowboys. But for now, Roy, leave the people with something. Hey, mask up, bro down. Peace, buddy. Later, bro. Good to see you, man. You too, brother. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.